0: I'm Callie Lampy, and you are listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast, where my daddy shares a daily gift with you from the ocean. All right, here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Surfing Lessons Podcast. I am your host, Ryan P. Lampy, and today's surfing lesson is the crucial. Paddle out. I don't know about you, but man, when I first started surfing, what I dreaded most, what I absolutely hated most about surfing, a thousand percent, like nothing else even compared, was the paddle out. I absolutely hated the paddle out. Now, I started surfing in Los Angeles on the beach breaks. Right there at El Porto. And so every paddle out, like my first well, my first session, it took me an hour to get out there. And the thing is, I think it took me weeks. Like I spent weeks in that place where it take me at least forty five minutes to paddle out past the waves. If the waves were like decent size. Like I'm talking like chest high, head high, or above. Like it would take me forever to get out there. And I would be so exhausted. I hated it. In fact, I hated it so much that often what kept me from trying to go for a wave after I was in the lineup was the dreading of paddling back out there again. Because I didn't know how to catch a wave. Like I would I would hopefully if I got lucky, I would catch a wave on my belly, I'd ride all the way into the sand. I'm talking until my fins drug against the sand. But usually I just wipe out, I get smashed by a wave, you know, go over the falls, and then either way, I like end up paddling for another, God knows how long, 15, 20, 30 minutes or more, sometimes longer, just to get back out. And I was lucky, I could go in the water for three hours, and I was lucky to have paddled for a small handful of waves, like five waves, because I would spend the majority of my time paddling out. I hated it. I, I hated it so much. And even when I discovered, like, reef breaks, point breaks. Like, I still dread it. Like, I remember Malibu. Gosh, I hated paddling at Malibu, because it was a long-ass paddle through the kelp around everybody, and there's three different points there, and just the paddle. Like, I hated paddling. Paddling was very inefficient for me. It sucked. It was so hard to even paddle in a straight line, to even stay on my board. It was very uh, uncomfortable, and it was just super hard, man. It was like the Like, I could take the wipeouts, it was fun, it was exhilarating, it was tough, but it was exhilarating. Paddling was just, it just sucked. It just sucked. There seemed to be nothing enjoyable about it. And what's wild is, now, the paddling, or the paddling out is, I see it as a fundamental, crucial part of my game. In fact, I look forward to it. Every surf session... Like, back in the day, I used to spend some, such a great amount of time preparing my body, stretching and stuff before surfing. And often, I don't do that anymore. And what I do is I get – I just warm up my body. It's a lot of a warm-up. So, I used to jump up a lot. And now I don't jump up. I can't even really jump rope. But I take the paddle out, and I use it to warm up my entire body. And even if I have a short paddle out, because some of my breaks, especially the ones I surf often – They have a very short paddle out. Like I jump into the water from the cliffs and I paddle out. It takes me less than a few minutes to get to my spot. And I will paddle super, super hard on and off and basically wake up my body, warm it up, get it going. So that it prepares, gets all the blood flowing, gets my uh, muscles pumped up. and gets everything prepared for the waves. To drop in, get everything loose, everything warmed up, gets all my, my joints all mobile. And I look forward to it. Like I'm I'm grateful for it. I look forward to it. And I, I just can't even do without it. Like there's no way I couldn't do without it. Not today, not the way my body is right now. Like I need it. And no matter what it is, especially when it comes to physical, like I need that warm-up. I just need it. Like I, I told you about sprinting. Like I love to sprint in the sand, and I'll run like twelve sets of sprints. What I didn't tell you is I always, I always run at least twelve sets of warm up sprints. So if I warm up, if I run a sprint all out, you know, trying to blow up my heart like hundred percent intensity, then I run at least twelve warm up sprints, like forty yards, forty to fifty yards, where I run at like fifty percent, sixty percent. The last couple ones, I might push to 70. But I I, I got to have them. It's required for my body. And my entire life, and not just sprinting, not just in the weight room, not just basketball games. I hated stretching and warming up and, and getting my body warm, especially when I was younger. I did not want to do that shit. It was boring. I just wanted to play basketball. I just wanted to surf. I wanted to get in the water. I wanted to get past this paddle up, past the lineup, past the waves. I wanted to surf. And what has cost my body again and again is torn muscles, pulled, pulled muscles, not like fully torn muscles. I've done that also, but usually just like a pulled muscle or a strain or something. Something that bothers me, it can bother me for weeks. It cost me again and again, all because I was too eager, and I decided to skip the warm-up or the pre-framework. Where in your life are you overlooking critical? Warm-up and pre-framework that is significantly impacting your results. And I share with you, like, it's critical for me, my body, my disabilities, the shit I've been through. Like, I need that warm-up work in my body. But what I often overlooked were the other places in my life where it was critical. And especially in my relationships. So I want to share with you, I'm all about difficult, crucial conversations, having big conversations, even fireworks, talking about shit that people don't want to talk about with each other. The reason Lucy and I had this powerful connection is one of the basic reasons is because we talk about shit that people are just not willing to talk about with each other. To get really real, really honest, get all this shit out that we usually hide, that we used to hide. That most people hide. We we live in such a passive, avoiding culture, especially the men. Man, especially the men. Gosh, we avoid everything. We fucking like, we know our wife is pissed off, and we won't ask her why she's pissed off. We won't get to the heart of it. We won't talk to her about what's really going on. We just avoid her. Same thing with our kids. Same thing with our friends or other guys. And we'll distract ourselves from the difficult conversations and from the the truth because we're scared to step on toes, because we don't want to offend people, because we're scared of any kind of conflict. So one of the reasons why my marriage is so connected is because I'm willing to have those conversations. And what's crazy is, like for me, like it's the way I grew up my household like my parents fought nearly every day. my mom is a little firecracker she's five foot two Vietnamese, just fucking crazy. My dad's big old guy six four six five and my mom will tear him a new one. she's like I just gosh I remember growing up nearly every day she was just <laughs> yelling screaming like there's nothing that she wouldn't say. there's nothing that she wouldn't say so I grew up with this ability. To, like, not avoid conflict. Like, I would fucking fight. And it didn't It didn't work for me. Like, I, I would use that and I would fight with Lucy whenever I felt like I wanted to. Like, I would just fucking get in her face and say what I wanted to say. I would attack her. I would hurt her. I would get my point across. Make sure that she sees that I'm right. Even if it didn't make logical sense. Even if her heart didn't give a shit. Even if it meant pure disconnection and that she hated me and that I hated her at the end. I made sure that she was terrified and that she was going to see that I'm right. Now, obviously, you look at that. It didn't work. (laughs) just caused a lot of disconnection, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and it didn't get me the fucking results. I'll tell you that right now. It didn't get me what I wanted at the end of the conversation. So, but one of the reasons... Why I have the the connection is because I'm willing to have those conversations. But here, I want to share with you a big missing piece that I didn't get until this past year and a half. And that is the warm-up. So I can tell you all day long about how I fucking became, I was this power lifter, lifting 500 pounds, 600 pounds, killing it, crushing it, this percent body fat. Like, I was amazing. And the thing is, everybody knows you got to lift weights. The people who are really fucking powerful and strong are the people who can be consistent. The people who can make it happen, make it work for them. They have the pre framework they have the warm-ups, they have all that kind of stuff. And it took me years and years and years to dial it in with my body. And I didn't even figure it out with my relationships until the past year and a half. And I really didn't dial it in until like, within this past year. Like, I could really figure it out. Like, probably since like last October. Yeah, October. was when it really started hitting home. And it really started clicking for me. And that is getting the feelings. Seeing the heart. Things I can collide all day with Lucy. Just like I shared with you. And get my point across. And it doesn't mean a damn thing. It's just a big-ass fight. Can't even say it's a collision. It's just a big-ass fight. It's a big-ass argument. Completely missing each other. Disconnected. Even if we both, like, settle some kind of argument, almost like a fucking, like, a court thing. Like, like we're dealing with law. It's like, okay, now you win, and I win. Let's fucking work out an agreement. So we both get what we want on the outside. And underneath, we're both resenting each other and passive-aggressive. Frustrated, blaming each other. Still, it just never worked. Every time I thought I solved something, it only come back to circle around and punch me in the face in the future. A month later, a week later, it was inevitable. What really clicked was when I got the pre-framework. And here's the pre-framework to a difficult conversation, to a powerful conversation. One of the big things you have to get. Is the heart. You hear about me talking about. The heart. Soul. Mind. Strength method. That I use. And you have to get the heart first. The feelings. Thing is. I don't care what kind of conversation I have to have with Lucy. Whether it's a parenting conversation. It can be about sex. It can be about anything. It doesn't matter. It can be something that's going to save her life. If she doesn't listen to me. She's literally going to die. It could be that important. That critical. At the end of the day, she doesn't care how much I know. She doesn't give a shit about the words coming out of my mouth until she knows in her heart how much I care. And this is not a one-time deal that I had. To, I proved myself to her last week or last year. Like this is something that I have to prove myself every single day, and not just every day inside of every single conversation. That is the way connection. Is it is cultivated inside of every single conversation. Trust is something you build inside of every single conversation. You have to recreate the trust, recreate the connection, and it starts with the heart. Lucy doesn't give a shit about how much I know until she knows how much I care and how I can how I can get her to see how much I care. Well, first of all, is to actually give a shit, to actually care, and me actually caring I had myself fooled. For the first 30 years of my life. Me actually caring. Means for me. To get off my agenda for a second. Get off my point. The reason why I want to have the conversation. And just get into her heart. What's going on in her heart? Heart, soul, mind, strength. It starts with the heart. What is she feeling? How does she feel right now? What are her fears? What does she want? What are her desires? What is she looking for? And once I can see her heart, I can see her for who she is and connect with her. Relate to her. Then I can collide with her, I can share with her anything I want. I can tell her the deepest, darkest of anything. Secrets of my life. There has to be no there's no fucking secrets. There's nothing. If I connect with her and see her heart, I can open up my heart to her and we can see each other eye to eye. Connect our hearts, we can see each other's hearts. And guess what? With that pre-frame work done, we can get on to the real deal. I can tell her about whatever I have to tell her to change her life, to collide with her, talk about our new parenting plans, implementations, or my thoughts and new strategies I want, or I can just tell her about this new book I'm reading. Because what's wild is: hey, it's a new book. If I just talk to her, hey, you should check out this new book, she's like, fuck you, I got enough books to read if I figure out what's going on in her heart, I can present her with a fucking dictionary and she'll open it up. But it starts with her heart. On a side note, same conversation. Hey, baby, what are you doing here? You have that? Oh, cool. Mm, I love you. Go downstairs. I'll be down there in a second. Ha ha. Brief interruption from Vivi. So, a little, well, it's not off topic in any way. But, um, let's take you another little direction. One of the greatest keys to sex is the same thing. It's the pre-framework. What do we call it? We call it foreplay. And man, I mean, foreplay has always been a part of the game. Of course, I think naturally it's easy becomes part of the game. But what I didn't see, I overlooked how powerful, how important, how crucial it was for me for my marriage. You want your sex game to fucking level up through the roof? Check this out. The pre framework The foreplay. Esther Perel is, she's um, this uh, psychologist, therapist that Lucy and I really love. Love all her books. She has a book called Meeting in Captivity. She has another one. What is it called? Um, I don't know. All her books are absolutely amazing. And here's a quote from her. She says, foreplay is not something you do five minutes before the real thing. Foreplay pretty much starts at the end of the previous orgasm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is, I know it's a little bit different direction than the last conversation I'm talking about of just talking with Lucy, getting her heart, at the same time, this is exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. You want your sex, you want the connection and intimacy of your love life, your sex life, in your marriage to level up. I'm telling you this right here, the pre-frame work, the warm-up work, the foreplay. Instead of looking at the foreplay, like, I gotta do this foreplay, I gotta get this shit done so I can get to onto the real thing. What if foreplay just never ended? What if it was always there? What if I started at the end of the last orgasm? <laughs> what if? Tell telling you, like, right there, like, that is a game changer. When I could see this, and ex- not just see it, but when I could experience it, learn it, understand it, put it into practice, boom, it is a game changer. So where in your life are you overlooking the warm-up? You're overlooking this critical pre framework actually fuck the pre-frame I call it foreplay not just in sex and <laughs> conversation and everything with your surfing where are you overlooking your foreplay work and it is significantly impacting your results alright guys that's all I have for you if you're getting value from this message share this with someone who you know needs to hear it and if you haven't already go to iTunes leave me a rating leave me a review Also, check me out on Facebook at Ryan P. Lampy and get my daily content I'm building a tribe of men set on rising as passionate and connected leaders in their families and in their businesses through Living Wildly Connected. I have the tools, the training, and the path. So if you want to master the art and science of creating connection, growing connection, and overflowing with connection, direct message me on Facebook Messenger and tell me, I want to live wildly connected. All right, guys. I love you all. Have a powerful rest of your day. Don't neglect the foreplay. And I'll catch you tomorrow on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Surfing Lessons podcast. For more Lampy craziness, find my daddy on Facebook at Ryan P. Lampy. And have a powerful day.